Hello, this is Matt Marone, the worship pastor here at Glen Ellen Bible Church. You're listening to the Next Level Podcast. Today, we're going to answer listener questions from Sunday, August 27, 2023. Hi, I'm Simone Halpin, the co-founder and executive director at Naomi's House. Hi, I'm John Vanderbilt. I'm the executive pastor at Glen Ellen Bible Church. And I'm Kelly Brady, the senior pastor at Glen Ellen Bible Church. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Next Level. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, don't you guys have some more credentials to put after your names there? Yes, middle, I middle am the, school. I'm the interim middle school interim. pastor. I'm going to emphasize interim. Director. Assistant, <laughs> assistant to the president. middle school director. <laughs> Michael! Uh, I, uh, yeah. Hey, it feels like the gang's all back it's together. It's been a minute. Some, this mm-hmm. Is this your, this your mm-hmm. first this since my sabbatical? my first time back mm-hmm. since sabbatical. I listened to you guys all summer. Tried really hard not to send in my feedback. (laughs) (laughs) Feeling a little critical? (laughs) Just kidding. You're not. Prayed for Simone, having to carry the the load all summer long. I only was here a handful of times. (laughs) Yeah, she peaced out on us. I know. (laughs) (laughs) No, you guys did great. Hey, we had some new folks up. Brandon was here. Yeah. Yeah. The intern. Alex was on quite a bit. Alex was on. Grant was on. Heard Grant a few times. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good to be back. Yeah. Summer, quick summer recap. How was our it's summers? Outstanding. Mm-hmm. Fast. Too fast. Yeah. Give them a quick sabbatical overview. Sabbatical up, uh, overview. I did a few different things. First, I visited several local churches in the, in the community. And that was, that was great. It was fun to see what different churches are doing, how they how they help people follow Jesus in their context. And I think we learned some stuff and confirmed some stuff that we're already doing. And it was great. I worked with a, a coach to help me get better at preaching. That was, that was really, really good as well. Um, a guy named Dan in Texas. And I took a class at Wheaton College. What did you that do was the for low rest? <laughs> what did you do for rest? Um, <laughs> 200 well, like, right? there's, yeah. It's not rest. It's different work. Wait a minute. <laughs> no that's, work. That's it's not no work. It's different work. Sabbatical does imply some rest. Yeah, there's a little bit of rest yeah, mixed in do? there. Um, Carrie and I got away for a little bit. We went up to Michigan for a little while, and that was uh, exciting. I did do a bike ride. Um, across the state of Michigan. That was more renewal, not really l- rest. Ugh, you and your but, um, <laughs> Yeah. Me and my arse. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, that was, that was good. You know, just the different uh, pattern to your day is yeah. a little bit more... Uh, Unfortunately, you got but, sucked into quite a bit as well. I mean, yeah. we, with... Um, with all that was going on with here. With the turnover in youth ministry leadership, we had an interview process that was going full bore and so. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I I don't know. I don't know if I probably would do it a little bit differently. You know, you like you, right. It kind of mm-hmm. sneaks up on you, and then it's done quicker than you expected. And right. Um. So, but it there was plenty on my plate. Mm-hmm. Good. Which was good. Quick name. Name one place that we all went in the summertime that you enjoyed. I'll go. We went to Legoland in California. It was Aww. fun. In there. It was fun. Legoland. Legoland. Man. How about you, Simone? Um, I mean, we went to Texas a couple times. 
which is, you know, my homeland. Your home state, Yeehaw. right? Mm-hmm. It, yeah. So that's always fun, kind of going home, seeing. Do you still have a lot of family there? We do. Most of our family is in Texas. Yeah. Oh, cool. So that's nice. Cool. It's hot. It's it very is. hot in Texas. Just it's been real hot down there. <laughs> All my kids are out of the house, so. It wasn't anything, you know, crazy, um, but getting all my kids back together. We were over in Michigan for the wedding of family friends, and just having everybody together was special. Was really That's fun. cool. Yeah. We actually went, Carrie and I went out to Wyoming for a wedding. Mm. That was pretty fun. My niece got married out there. So we actually drove. It was like 13, 14 hours. Quality time. Just the two of us. It was awesome. Oh, nice. Yeah. Just the two of us. I don't know if anybody flew this summer, but flying was a nightmare. Yeah. Really not fun. Yeah. But in what regard? <laughs> Just a yeah. lot of delays all over the place. A lot of cancellations. Oh. I did yeah. a great, we did a backpacking trip out in Colorado, uh, like a father-son trip with Anthony was on that. And mm-hmm. we flew, cool. uh, we all flew in and out of Denver and it was like delays, mm. <laughs> like, all, like uh. crazy. But Denver's a wild, wild airport. Uh, yeah, we managed to escape that. We, we flew, it was late June. We yeah. flew out to California and back and thankfully we you know, smooth and we were on Southwest too. So we were prepared, but yeah, yeah, no, it was all good. Um, well, yesterday was exciting. Uh, wow. There were a lot of folks here at mm-hmm. 501 and the, the Wheaties are back. The yeah. football players are back. There was right. some, there was some beef in here, man. Right. I heard that the donuts <laughs> went quick yesterday. <laughs> yeah. That no, was good. It was good to have that kind of excitement back in the atmosphere here mm-hmm. and, um, how's, how's Poplar? It was good. There were, uh, there were actually some Wheaton College students up there. A handful of hillside, normal hillside worshipers were over there as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was a good, good crew. Uh, several, several new, I think, new kids in kids ministry. So awesome. It's a good Sunday. Cool. Yeah. You guys. Um I want to say, are you glad to be done? I don't know if that's the right word. With First Timothy, wrap that up. Yeah, it felt good to, I don't know. I, I didn't do much of it. I only did three of them, but yeah. yeah, two of them. It was good. You know, I think First Timothy is uh, challenging in, in some respects for our culture. And mm-hmm. um, so that's work that we don't typically shy away from, mm-hmm. but it's work. So. Yeah. And it's exciting to be going into Hebrews. Yeah. So exciting. Yeah. But I think today's topic, you know, First Timothy 6 and uh, giving, you know, I think that that's, mm-hmm. it's a challenge as well. John took a little different tact on the whole, on the passage over Poplar, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, By a little different, do you mean like drastically different? Yeah, or, yeah. it was drastically different. Which <laughs> is, I, did, I stayed more on the, the 30,000 foot than yeah. I did diving into the, to the specific instructions that. Yeah. He, his that, emphasis was that of grace and how when we're given such direct commands, do we... Uh, avoid legalism, mm. which yeah. I thought was mm-hmm. great. Yeah. I, I stuck on the Paul's words of, of fighting, pursuing, holding, um, and then he ends with grace to all of you. Mm-hmm. And so rather than getting into some of the detail of some of the texts, mm-hmm. stayed a little bit more. 30,000 foot. So it was good. I had gr- lots of great uh, follow-up with, with folks and good feedback, so. I think it was encouraging to that group. It was encouraging to me, personally. Felt encouraged as I was preaching, reading God's word. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into it then. Let's get into some questions. First one up: 
How do we balance being content and trusting in God's provision with being responsible, specifically on topics like paying college and planning (laughs) for retirement? Probably a decade ago, I had someone in a congregational, no, it was at the end of a worship service, someone stood up. Um, I had invited questions. So I (laughs) preached on money and I said at the beginning of the sermon, I said, uh, hey, at the end of the sermon, I'm going to run short so that we can take questions. And somebody stood up on the topic of money, I'll never forget, and said, um, this guy was, he said, I'm nearing retirement age. And there was a, a chuckle, right? And uh, he said, how much is enough? Mm-hmm. And I just never forget it. I, th- I think that is such an important question for believers to ask. Uh, how much is enough? Um, and I, you know, I know this person's um, lifestyle uh, in his business history. Um, and he, he made lots of money, made good money. And, um, and I think he was genu- genuinely wrestling with this type of question. Um, I could sock more away, but when, do, when am I failing to trust in God's goodness by doing that? Um, how do I know? There's a, there is a tension for us to live in that is a, a Holy Spirit sensitivity needed. And I don't know that I have a good answer except that. My answer is, if we're not asking the question, how much is enough? then I think we're probably missing out on the Holy Spirit's prompting. Absolutely. That's, That's a good way. Mm-hmm. Talk about it. Yeah, I would, I would shy away from giving particulars on, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're living on more than 100 grand, you're sinful. I mean, that's just not yeah, fair. Right, I mean, right, right. Um, so, so I would say, you know, if you're looking for directives, thankfulness, I think being very intentional to cultivate thankfulness I wrote in my notes here, embrace simple pleasures, like cultivating pleasures in life that are inexpensive, bike riding. Um, they cultivate contentment. Wait, 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 wait. Bike riding is not inexpensive. <laughs> it is in my world. It is in my world. I don't own seven bicycles. <laughs> I don't own seven bicycles either. <laughs> yeah. I picked a number so you, that you could act as if you don't I expend exorbitant I, amounts of money on it. <laughs> Well, there's got to have the Monday bike, yeah. and, and then the t- there's the Tuesday yeah. bike. I want to say, how many cheeks do you there's, have? There's the, <laughs> there's the 50 degree bike, and then there's the 100 degree bike. Yeah. No. So just embracing simple pleasures, you know, I gardening is a part of that for me. It's a, it's a thankful Here posture. We go. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Goodness gracious! Last thing Welcome I'll say back. on the topic. It's also Welcome ex- back, JV. Yeah. Hey, JV, why don't you give some no. <laughs> some sabbatical insights on how to cultivate contentedness and trust in God's provision? Yeah, right. Don't Simone, have, you're at the ready. Don't have a no. Gr- I don't have a garden, so you can grow yourself twenty seven dollar tomatoes. Or a bike, so I feel very left out of this, con- this conversation. No, I I mean I don't have anything profound to say. I really appreciated the passage, and I think that is one of the. Um, it's a way to answer the question in the sense that if you're walking with God, you know, in the, in the sense you're, you're pursuing him and allowing him to pursue you, there's going to be passages like this. And it's not just here in first Timothy, there's a spirit of God demonstrating generosity and calling his people to consider those who is particularly on the margins who are looking or who need support from Christians to come alongside them in a financial way. And so um, Anthony and I sat through this message yesterday and walked away with a very practical 
number in our head of something we were supposed to give to somebody. Oh, and wow. So, yeah, I mean, like, you sit under a, a message like this, and the, the scriptures, God speaks to you. That's so great. this question, I feel like I might be embarrassed having to share that, so sorry. <laughs> if I'm turning red, I can feel it. But it's... Um, that's okay. We were just going to Apple Pay, right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to be so specific. I, mean, I didn't know I, you were going to put me on front street there, but it's all good. I The question is, um, you said it too. I don't think they use the word tension, but there is that tension of how much, how, how it's very wise. Well, Anthony and I fall into the category of thinking that it's wise to save and to prepare for retirement. I mean, he's a financial advisor. It's, it's what he does for a living. He was so glad that you didn't throw all financial advisors yeah. under the bus yesterday. Um, well, it's 90% of the room. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he, he finds there, there to be a lot of wisdom in planning and it gives you a lot of freedom in planning. And he always coaches people not to hold that plan too tightly and, leave room for the Lord to say to you in a message, give this money, you know, give this, so give this much away or, or do something unique with this that mm. I, that's not a part of your plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, I think just asking that question is putting you in a position and a posture to hear from the Lord and your responsibility from asking that question then is to, to walk in obedience and what that looks like. Something Sherry and I do when it comes, the question's about how do we balance the tis- tension of trusting with acting responsible faith and foolishness is the tension sherry and i will test the waters like we think the lord's calling us to do this mm-hmm. so we'll do this at the scale of one mm-hmm. and if if we if and then we may grow it to scale of two scale of three so i have in my notes here wade into the waters mm-hmm. you don't have to jump into the deep end of giving and drown yourself stretch yourself though over time uh, take a long view like Mm-hmm. What type of giver do you want to be in 10 years? Yeah, I love that. You know, and to get to the 10 year mark in, you know, a factor of 10, you know, 10, t- I'm giving 10 times more than I was giving 10 years ago. That takes discipline. Um, so I just take the long view and I, I'll be honest. We have people that attend Glowing Bible Church and give zero dollars. Mm-hmm. That is a perilous place to be. Mm-hmm. It's a very dangerous place for your soul. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know who gives what, but I, I know how many givers we have, meaning, and so I know there and are you people. you know how many people that come. Right. So I can do the math fairly easily. You're sharp. Yeah, you got that math down. I got that down. <laughs> My point is, um, scripture is really clear. It's not just Paul to Timothy, but Jesus talked about money uh, more than anybody. And so we need to be very careful to give zero I would say you're in trouble spiritually mm-hmm. to give zero. Like it's revealing of something else. Yeah. yeah. An yeah. idol in your mm-hmm. life, yeah. lack yeah. of faith or. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, uh, let's put it in the positive. If you're currently giving zero, you have tremendous opportunity yeah. for increased freedom. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of opportunity for you to know more joy and freedom. And then the, I don't know if this is the opposite, but another angle from this text is how, um, it's talking about how God r- richly provides us with everything mm. for our enjoyment. And right. so it's like, I don't want anyone to feel this like legalism that if you're not giving or giving a certain amount or mm. hurt, you know, you're feeling this hurt because you're giving so much that you're doing something wrong because there's also a lot of freedom in, mm. in enjoying the things that God has for you. And that again requires discernment and wisdom and um, accountability. But 
I also just think that there's God, God wants us to enjoy things mm-hmm. and kind of discerning what that is for your family and your life is also something to pursue. Agreed. Yeah. All right, let's go to the next one. Passages like first Timothy six often make me feel selfish. How do I know when my spending is selfish? I, you know, I think that we need to get the input of friends and I think it's been my experience. Very few Christians receive input from friends on their spending and saving and giving habits. We need people in our lives that can tell us, oh, you know, wow, I'm, you know, I'm, can reflect with us and with whom we, we trust um, to give us feedback on whether we're acting selfish. I mean, I have friends in my life that will tell me if, you know, hey, your parenting seemed kind of out of step with what would be best there. <laughs> you know, I've, I've had parent, uh, friends give me input on my parents. Now, now, is that somebody without a kid? <laughs> <laughs> it's classic, Because there's right? some dynamics here and we need <laughs> to probably go over. That's classic, yeah. So, I, but we're just so private with our money. Um, and I think if we're, if we're private at that, that level of privacy doesn't serve us well. We need some people to have some input on our lives. That's one way that we can discern if we're selfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep going. <laughs> Go growing, growing in the grace of giving. So we may be struggling with selfishness if we don't have a posture, of a, if we don't have a posture to grow in giving. Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse seven, Paul says that we're to excel in everything, including the grace of giving. So there should be a, I like to joke, you know, we should give God an annual review. How did he do this year? And we should give him a raise next year based on, and that's, you know, I'm being crass there, but we should have a sense that year over year, we're, we're going to grow in giving. We're, we're going to stretch ourselves. We're going to look for something that God's calling us to, to join in mission with. I think of Naomi's house. Simone leads Naomi's house. There are some stunning kingdom-minded works going all, ar- all around us. Glenelg Bible Church is not the type of church that says you only give to Glenelg Bible Church. Um, so I would encourage people... It's actually very fun to identify some some missions, um, efforts that you feel the Lord's calling you to, and and join in, be a part of that. Um, get on their newsletters, read up, pray up, uh, support them in prayer, and then listen for the Lord's leadership on how you might give. It's fun to be a part of those missional efforts, and they need people. Missionaries all over the globe need people to jump on board with them financially and so I guess I would say we, you may be selfish if you're not considering any of those types of things. I think one of the things that's been really helpful for me, and I know for many others too, is spending time outside of the, the world that we live in and the people that we interact with on a daily basis because it, it's so different here. And, and we have to live here. We have to spend here. Right. We're part of... Our kids running these circles. Yeah, the part right. of the, the life that we've chosen, and we need to figure out how to do it well mm-hmm. and be generous and caring and all that. But I think it's really powerful to get a perspective of 
how other people live and how the decisions they have to make. And that really puts a perspective sometimes on, I think, on our decisions, mm-hmm. how we choose to to spend, how, what we do save, what we do give, right. um, and, and those sorts of things. So whether it's a, a short-term, one of the biggest values of a short-term trip is not the service that we you give, but the experience that you can, can learn from yeah. to see how... Um, people live differently and not just, not just, you know, vacation type experience where you get to, you know, view poverty from a distance or something like that. But um, being exposed to just how the, the rest of the world makes decisions and uh, manages their giving and the generosity that you can see in some of these places is, is phenomenal. When um, Andrew was 15, the church was taking a trip to Rwanda. Yeah. And, um, I think Andrew would probably tell you it it changed his trajectory in life to travel to Rwanda. He went on to return to Africa three other times, uh, just um, getting out of what I call DuPage County Disney. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a very privileged experience we have here. I'm thinking he told me that, you know, when he went to Rwanda, he was worried about his starting position as a sophomore on the basketball team. When he came home from Rwanda, he had a whole different yeah. uh, take on life and what priorities were. And we, this organization we went with, we, we had the opportunity to meet the family that we were sponsoring. We had yeah. been sponsoring for a couple of years. And uh, they were living uh, in a mud hut with dirt floors. And we brought them a 40-pound bag of rice, kind of as a greeting, that they would eat on for a month. Yeah, And it... I mean, I, it just wrecks it's you just at changed. some level. It changes the realities of... So, I took yeah. a, a missions trip when I was in high school, pretty uh, remote area in Tanzania. We were, were there for nine weeks, and I came home. And while we were there, the church that we were at was... Um, it was a newer building, and they didn't have enough money to put windows in the holes of the church. And so, and it was very cool. We were in a higher elevation area and it was very, very cool night in the morning and that cold, cold. Cold. Yeah. Yeah. So they would put cardboard in there. And so they were in a campaign to gain enough, to earn enough money to put some windows. And there's like, you know, one window there and, you know, another window they were getting ready. And it was like one at a time. And I remember I flew home and I, my first Sunday back in our church, they launched this $7 million mm. campaign to do... And I remember sitting there and just crying. Mm. How old were you? Uh, 16. And just being like, I can't... even have windows. Mm-hmm. I can't. Like, yeah. it's not wrong. The, right. It's not wrong. I mean, it was going to be a great thing for that church. And I'm not saying it was wrong, but just that... It's that complex, shocking, complex realities. Mm-hmm. It is. In a shocking perspective. Like, right. they're just, they just need windows so that little babies don't get really cold in the church and they're the building's packed and they're you know gathering just to sing in the you know and it just was a jarring perspective mm-hmm. and it it's shaped a lot of i mean it shaped mm-hmm. a ton of my life that experience but i think when we when we spend too much time with people that are just like us that spend just like us look just like us we can we can mm-hmm. s- sometimes um, miss out, yeah, miss out. Lose perspective, and that's a great way miss to say out. that. Miss out on opportunities to to be a part of what God's doing globally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we went to um, last week. We went to uh, the Phil Wickham Brandon Brandon Lake 
oh, concert. Yeah. yeah, I heard um, a number of people went. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was great, by the way. But uh, one of our elders of our church blessed us with tickets. And so we took, cool. we took all the kids, and which was crazy. It went to like 10, 30, 45. We left like at 10. But anyway, they had a speaker there. Uh, it was a woman. She was probably in her 30s or, or maybe early 40s uh, from the Philippines. And she now lives in America, and her uh, this was all to set up the organization that sponsors, you know, mm-hmm. uh, kids around the globe and all that. And uh, she was part of that program. She was sponsored, but she was in a family. She had multiple siblings. Uh, several of her siblings, she said, had had died from not receiving medical care. Wow. I mean, it was really dire. Um, but we're all sitting there as a family, and my kids are kind of hearing this for the first time, like from the horse's mouth, so to speak, you know, they're like, you know, and, um, of course she ended up coming to faith Mm. and she now lives here. She's like a, um, physician's assistant or she's something in the medical world and she's doing well. And she brought some of her family over. I think she lives in Texas now, something like that. Anyway, it was just a powerful story and it was awesome for our kids to hear that. And so Mm. now we're, we're dialoguing and talking about, okay, let's sponsor a kid. Let's, oh, let's awesome. work with an organization and the kids are super pumped about that's it. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you guys, if, uh, just to go down that road real quick, um, what organizations have you guys worked with, um, as far as sponsoring? Oh, sponsoring kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, world vision does a great, uh, has a great program. Um, compassion has a great program. Those are the two kind of main. I think that I think compassion was the one at the concert. Yeah, that's yeah, you, often, they often have a okay. concert trail. Okay, yeah. Um, Kids alive in the DR is popular, yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, our missionaries uh, Beth and Rafa of Fonador. Uh, Rafa has uh, an, um, a kids ministry that our church uh, sponsors, so yep. we've been a part of that and. Ron Sider wrote a book, uh, Rich Christians in an Age of Hunger. The year he wrote it was 1978. It's been in reprint for decades. Uh, but the argument was that Christians should live simply so that others can simply live. Mm-hmm. And there is a call um, to, to moderate, modify our living standards so that we can give more. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It's true, he, he creates everything for our enjoyment, but there is an excess that can be had, and uh, we need to, to guard against that, mm-hmm. making ourselves and our experience the greatest goal or good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very American modern thought that I'm the center of the universe. And yeah. You know, along those lines with retirement, I know that was back to the first question, and with what your husband does for a living, um, when he's working with Christians, mm-hmm. or when you're pastoring and counseling Christians and they're talking about retirement, how do you talk about that conversation? Like, I mean, you know, the American dream of retirement is, and I'm, you know, this is um, a generalization here, but it's kind of like mm-hmm. go to the, have a lake house, beach house, whatever, and spend your days there. Yeah. you know, counting seashells and playing with your grandkids, <laughs> right? Um, how do you guys navigate that? Well, with I cannot folks? speak for what Anthony advises sure. his clients, but I can tell you what our definition of retirement would be for yeah. like from the helpins perspective. And um, it, it's getting to a point where um, Anthony can quit his day job. Because his day job is where he feels called. It's what he's 
good at. It's what he's, um, you know, this is how he provides for our family, but it's not something he wants to do for the rest of his life. So he has a goal, gets a, you know, he's very Excel sheet minded, goal focused. (laughs) And he hates when I make fun of him for his Excel sheets. But anyway, um, he'd like to get to that point so that he feels like he can freely in this quote unquote retirement phase, do everything that he feels like God's calling him to do that at this point in his life right now, he feels like this is where God has him and he longs for that next season. So he doesn't envision either one of us thinking that we're going to like sit on the beach for the rest of our play lives. Play golf every day. I mean, he'd probably Which I would prefer love. to Don't play me golf me. every day. Yes, but I yeah, would love that. Exactly. But. So, yeah. So I think retirement from our perspective is just a, a, a term that signif- signifies when he's done with a his, shift. his day job. A yeah. shift. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's not like we're done. We're checking out a life. But you're, you guys are still asking God like, okay, God, what, what now? Yeah. Where will you have we us? We still got to live on mission. We still have uh, And that's kind of where I was going with yeah. it. Like, how do you talk about living on mission in retirement with, with Christians, Kelly, that you, you talk to? I think she summed it up well. Uh, we can't make our lives about ourselves. Um, it, it, our lives, whatever phase, it has to be about Jesus or we get off course quickly. Yep. Um, so I, I think it's just that wrestling. Um, because to be fair, I mean, some folks, and I'm thinking of my, like my dad in particular, like some, some people, they work hard jobs mm-hmm. for a long time. They do. I mean, our jobs can get stressful, but the, some, some folks have like, it's different when art. they come home, their bodies art. are weary, and they right. do that for 40 or 35 years or whatever, and then, then they're just like, I am done. Yeah. I'm done. I don't want to work again. I just want to sit and rest for the next 20 years. <laughs> like That's where their headspace is. Yeah, I, I still, even in rest, there can be opportunity for service. Yeah. And, and I see Mario across the street. He comes to play with your boys. Oh, and, he does. And yeah. he's a great grandfather. Yeah. So there's still ministry to be done. There's, yeah. There are people to pray for. Uh, you know, I lead a prayer call twice a week. And, and many on the prayer call are our retirement community. I mean, they're serving through prayer. So there's service to be had. And you just, if you're not earning your primary income, if you're in that phase where you don't have to have a paycheck coming in, there's still lots of ways to serve. And frankly, how many bonbons can you eat? How many strolls on the beach can you take? So we need to live on mission. We were created um, to bear fruit. And so we need to find our purpose in every stage. Yeah. I just want to say one more thing about this question before we move on. I just if you're not intentional and in seeking out ways to give and ways to partner with other organizations or, <laughs> you know, um, just thinking about how you're spending and saving, if you're just, if you're not, or maybe I should say, if I'm not intentional, if this is not something that we're talking about as a family on a regular basis, we will lose focus. Oh, yeah, it won't we happen. Will lose we don't focus. drift into mission. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I don't know. I'm just was reflecting on both of you sharing your stories to Africa. You, when you visited Africa, when you stayed in Africa, and both Anthony and I have had multiple trips there as well. Haven't taken our kids yet. Um, and I'm thinking that's when that's when we come back with some of the most significant perspective and life change and decisions. And like, we haven't been in years. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like maybe we've, maybe we've drifted too far. You know, it Mm -hmm. just makes me think like if you're not intentional about this, you will be consumed Mm -hmm. by this world. You will be consumed by culture. And it is definitely, it's a swimming upstream experience. So it's easy to get caught in the flow and just Mm -hmm. buy another pair of shoes Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm -hmm. your temptation Mm -hmm. is. Which was hilarious yesterday when you pointed out. Okay. My feet, (laughs) 
<laughs> felt so much better. I was so proud of you yesterday. I wear churchy shoes and I'm crippled Sunday yeah. afternoon because yeah. I've got I mean, feet yeah. issues. knee surgery. <laughs> right. we, we, I don't feel like you need we to. We talked about it a couple weeks ago and he was like, I wish I could just wear these. And I'm like, dude, wear them. <laughs> like, don't, don't be done preaching with your back hurting. And Sherry said, uh, well, let's get some dark ones so they don't, so they're not so loud. I said, and just complete the whole geriatric picture. <laughs> Some dark, soft shoes. Or the solid white ones, like <laughs> no. nurses wear. Those no. are also very good. <laughs> I'm going to speak for our entire church right now and say that, yes. like, if we, if everyone cares, if everybody knew me. that your back was hurting, we yeah. would be like, wear the shoes. Plus, yeah. those are trendy. So yeah. I didn't know I'm, you were wearing them cool. for like your back. Skinny jeans are next. So I'm the nope, interim. Those are done. Those are done. Those are not trendy. I waited long enough. I waited long enough. How about bell bottoms? Coming back. Yeah. I don't think they're bell called bottom. bell bottoms, yeah. but yeah. Flared leggings, mm. they're back. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. All right, here we go. Next one. I own a, oh I own a business. <laughs> Let's move on. Okay, this question came from a business owner, uh, and the business owner walked up and shared this with me after the service. It this was is a, great. It was this great. Is great. I, I own a business and have a few employees. We've had some success of late, and I actually feel less inclined to take risks as a result. Success had made, has made me more cautious, and I'm surprised. I feel more controlling, not less, as a result of success. What should I do? I feel like my success is threatening my faith. It was really, I thought, insightful. Um, and I, I can relate to it a little bit. Um, it's When we come into a little bit of cash... We can hold on to the cash like, when will I have cash next? You know, it can actually make us more controlling and less and, and risk averse. So I, I really kind of, I felt like, gosh, I, I felt some empathy. I resonated with it. Um, and I really sensed the Holy Spirit at work in this, this business owner's life as they were wrestling with, and I, I don't want success to shut down my, my risk-taking. Uh, and this business owner actually sensed that it was the willingness to step out in faith in the marketplace uh, because this business owner wants to live for Christ and wants to bless employees, but, but feels like it is, it is the faith to step out that, that has been um, a catalyst in the success and now feeling tempted to to control outcomes, really feeling caught off guard by that, um, and needing to fight against it. So, I'm I'm a big. I think it applies in this situation. I'm a big. Um, if you start to have success at goals that you've had, it's time to change your goals. It's mm. it's time to level up. Time time to try something new. That's a good. It's word. the same Wait, thing with I, like I physical. Don't understand. Like a physical, <laughs> so um, phys, uh, think of it in a physical training. You you always no, I get, train I get, better if you have something a goal on the on the calendar. So if you so are you talking about like personally? So yeah. the goal can't be to maintain the current bank account. Yeah, like mm-hmm. just saying, oh, we we hit all our goals and look at all. So you let's know, coast. It's way better than we have. Well, now that's a great opportunity to set new goals. Oh gosh, you are not in fundraising. <laughs> I mean, I know you kind of are, That's but... That's exactly what I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's funny you both bring this up because as the business owner was sharing the, his heart with me, I thought to myself, that's, a, that's much of the reason why it's important to, to have Poplar Creek. 
Yeah. Th- this church is 80 some odd years old and and you, you Sunday was packed. What a blessing. Uh we have we're we're, we're doing really well. The goal cannot be to simply maintain doing real well because we didn't get here by having the goal mm-hmm. of maintaining. We got here by the, the goal of making disciples and reaching out. And so it's a, in, it's a great opportunity to celebrate. If you have a fundraising goal and you reach that goal or you exceed that goal, what a great opportunity to celebrate. Absolutely. And, yeah. and think of, man, God's goodness. Praise the Lord. But then there's a great opportunity to think about you know, well, what, what's, what's next? What else is there? Are there other goals? Are there other things that we could do? Are there other partnerships we could make? I think that the, the achievement of goals and saying, let's just, let's just run it back and do it next year. For some, that can be um, a, a significant lack of faith. Mm-hmm. Fundraising is unique. I'm situation, just saying that but, I relate to this person oh, on for every sure. level. And so and <laughs> oh, September sure. 1, I always say, is my least favorite day yeah, of the year. You because set the budget a, for the next year? No, our fiscal year starts over. The budget set, bank zero. Are you yeah. short here at the end of August? We are ending in the black. Great. So, is that so now answer? you get to set a new goal. I know, but so there's so much <laughs> level, level up, right? I know. I was like, come on, I am leveling up. Level up. <laughs> yeah, it's just, um, it, there's so much pressure. I mean, there's like jobs at stake yes. and people, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, their retirement plans hey, and their medical insurance. Okay. I know, don't that's screw how it up. feels. <laughs> like if you don't make your budget, people lose their jobs. And yeah, then the women we're serving don't get served. So there's this huge tension. Well, and that's a big consideration, right? You're taking care of people. I yeah. mean, your decisions directly affect people's livelihood. Totally. I mean, yeah. So you meet your goal and you're like, okay, the Lord provided. He was faithful. Let's repeat. <laughs> I don't automatically think... <laughs> We got to go higher. I mean, I do. That's, that's, the, that's un- the tension of the being the leader right. is that you do feel that. You're like, okay, but we that, had $50,000 more next year or 100000 more. Just setting a higher goal, a number, might not be yeah. the right. Yeah, there's a like, dozen ways. There, yeah, the, the, it, that might not be the, the next faith-reaching thing. It actually might be saying, let's, do, let's go for less, but let's try some of these other things. Yeah. That's going to put me in positions that I are, I'm... I haven't done or I'm mm-hmm. not, not that mm-hmm. comfortable with or whatever. It doesn't always have to be the same yeah. path that, okay, we did a million this year, so we'll mm-hmm. do two next year. That, yeah, that's again, a fairly simplistic. Again, yeah, fundraising is a very to, specific yes, thing. But yes. Well, I have he a just says, who, success has made me more cautious and I'm surprised. And yeah. I'm like, that's normal. Yes. I yeah. just want to affirm 100%. that. 100%. Well, at least it's normal for me because that's how I feel. Like when we are, success isn't the word I would use, but when we, I would. When we raise our money... To, yeah. to fund Naomi's house year after year after year, I to think to free it, women. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, of course, the cause is not. No one's arguing with the cause. It's just what it takes to get there. Yeah, and to fund it. I mean, it's. I have a friend who runs a business, and in a stretch of faith for him, he fired several of his um, his clients that, who were dragging him down. Clients he was not enjoying working with, and so rather than making more money, no matter what it took. He made his the, life better. Yeah, he made his <laughs> life better by firing these clients and saying they're they're miserable to work with. I would be better off with a a lower bottom line. Uh, and so I, I it was a stretch of faith for him to downsize his company for one year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's tough. 
All right. Well, let's go to the last one. And um, we talked a little bit about it in the beginning of the podcast, but John, just give us a quick, quick context. So here's the question. The two ditches of legalism and license were helpful. Loved the call to grace. How do we experience more of God's grace? That's yeah, great. So Ke- Kelly went really kind of deep, deep into the financial aspect, I think, mm-hmm. of, the, of the passage in Timothy. I stayed more at a 30,000 foot view and talked about how the passage can feel like um, that we need to make a, a task list or a checklist for our faith. He mean, it's like right at the end of the letter, Paul's like, do this, do this, do this, do command. this, do this. He says, I command you. Yeah, I command you to do this. <laughs> be gentle, be humble, be, right. don't listen to false teachers, do this, give this. And, and I, I took the tack of, you know, we need to be careful that we can, we can make a checklist of our faith where we think if we just do these certain things, we're going to have joy. We're, we're going to be okay. God will bless us or whatever. And we drive into this ditch of legalism. And then in, and sometimes in an effort to correct that, we go over the road and into the other ditch of license where we say, oh, certainly God wouldn't want us to live a certain way. That's so restrictive. His grace these, covers everything. These laws don't matter. I right? can live like hell. Right. And right. so then I said the, the path is actually, the middle road is actually grace. And, and Paul says in the end of his passage, you know, grace be to all of you. There's this call to grace. And I used a quote from Dallas Withered where he Withered, Willard, where he says, um, grace is not a lack of effort, it's a lack of earning. And I tied in Paul's words of fight and pursue and hold as those are, we are participating, there's effort, but we don't, we don't strive on our own. We're not earning anything. God is helping us. And then I use some examples of um, the path of grace. So that, to answer the question, how do we experience more grace? The path of, of grace is, is one where we have grace with ourselves. So we accept God's grace and we understand God's grace and we're thankful for God's grace in Christ. And then we have grace with ourselves we, and we have grace with, with others. And so if we want to experience more of God's grace, I, I think it's being in relationship with others that where we can give grace and we can, we can, receive, we can receive grace as well. That's a, I mean, he talks about in, is it verse 12? Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. We're not journeying on the road alone. There's this, even in the fighting of the faith and, and making our confession, our good confession to follow Christ, we don't do that alone, mm-hmm. that there's people with us. And there's moments where we need to, you know, on the path and the road of grace, we need to look back at others who are struggling. We need to admit when we're struggling. We need to have grace with each other. We need to be helpful for, with each other. And so I think community is a, is a, a significant place where we can experience God's grace. And people can help us be, be grace-filled with ourselves, even. That's good. Hope that helps. All right. Well, that's all the questions we have for you today. If you have any further questions, comments, or concerns, don't hesitate. Text Next Level Podcast 630-474-6164. Our podcast is dedicated to answering listener questions on two levels, answering specific questions about last Sunday's sermon, and also general questions regarding broader topics within the Christian faith. We love God and believe that scripture is a primary means for our getting to know him. And our hope is that this podcast extends the learning opportunity for all who want to know God better, strengthening not only your faith, but my faith and our faith together. Thank you for joining us, listeners. Thank you for tuning in to the next level.
prophecy. 